Have you ever sat in a crowded room, maybe this one, maybe right now, and felt completely and utterly alone? It's a terrible feeling, and I'm asking because I felt that, and maybe there are people right now who are feeling that. So we're looking at the Psalms, and the Psalms are my favorite book of the Bible. If you know me well, you'll know why, because they're all about emotions. And I love, I love emotions, even though it's, very, it's a roller coaster. But the Psalms are awesome because there's so many great books of the Bible and they explore, you know, like theology and great concepts. But the Psalms are simple, they're raw, they're real, and I think they address the big questions that we all have. And my Psalm, Psalm 139, as you just heard it magnificently read, is a great Psalm and I think it addresses these big questions. I think the number one fear of the human race is the unknown. I also think psychologists would agree with me. It's the unknown, right? And the way this works out is we're afraid of death, the biggest unknown for many of us, and we're afraid of what will happen in our relationships and when we put ourselves out there. So we're afraid we'll be rejected or abandoned and we're afraid of failure. Psalm 139 helps address these fears. So it starts, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and you lay my hand, your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. So the first thing we see here is that God has searched us and he knows us. He knows what we do. He knows our thoughts and our movements, familiar with all our ways, but not just the things about us. God knows us. So the root word that's used seven times in this psalm, it's Hebrew. I've known how to say it, but it's yada, something like that. And what it means is to know, to know deeply the way that Adam knew Eve, or the way that God knew Israel. And so God knows the very core of us. He knows the things about you that no one else knows. He knows your anxieties and your fears. He knows the deep dreams that you have that you're too afraid to even say. He knows what you're like when you're actually truly alone. God knows us. And so for some of us, uh, that might be a bit scary, But knowing God and God knowing us, it doesn't lead to rejection. It leads to relationship. So if you look at the beginning of this psalm, um, if we have the Bible verse, we may or may not, it goes, you searched me, Lord. You know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts. You discern my going out and so on and so on. Have it open the Bible if you want. So there's a you-I relationship that's established with the reader, right? So when God knows us, it forms a relationship. It forms a relationship with the reader and with us. So the one who truly knows us, who knows beyond our cute outfit, who knows us beyond our funniest joke that we've brought to make everyone like us, the one who truly knows us, who sees us when we're alone, he has a relationship with us. So I also think for some of us... um, That may make us think that we're going to be rejected. We won't be. And my thought is, and when I come to this, 
Because God knows us and he loves us, I think we can see that in Jesus. Jesus came down to earth and that's a symbol of his love, that he, rather than pushing us away, came to us. I think it shows that we can come to God honestly. We can come as we are and we get to know Jesus. And so because he knows us and he loves us, we have purpose. So if we look at verse 13 to 18, it says, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So we've got the words created, knit, formed, ordained. God has purposed each and every one of us. And it shows that we have a purpose in him and that we matter. I think sometimes um, we think that we're like some cosmic accident or maybe a biological byproduct. But what this verse and this psalm is saying very specifically is that each and every one of us was lovingly created and formed by God. That's why he knows us, because he's the one that made us. You were made for a purpose and you were made in and by and for love. So because God knows us and loves us and because we're made with a purpose, I don't know what the purpose is, but God does. Because we are made with a purpose, we can give God permission to work in our life and trust him, like Richard was saying in his sermon, trust him to lead us down the right paths that he has ordained for us. So I wonder what God wants to do with you. And I wonder if you're willing and open to be used by God and to say, here I am, God, send me. So you're known, you have purpose, and you are surrounded each and every moment by God's loving presence. Verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. The darkness is as light to you. There is nothing that we can do to separate us from God. Nothing. That's what this psalm is saying because I think that's where we go to sometimes, right? We hear, okay, so if God knows and loves me, if I've got a purpose... I think I, I might have messed that up. Like I think I've, I think I've done something that, that means that doesn't apply to me anymore. But what this psalm is saying that there is nothing that you could do to mess that up. God is always with you. He made you and he loved you. He respects you enough that if you ask him to stay away, he'll stay at a distance. But if you want him and you think you've messed it up, psalm is saying that you haven't. You can't go too far from God. You can't do anything that will mean that he can't fix it. If we go to the heavens, if we go to the highest spiritual heights, God is there. That's awesome. That's fun. But if we go to the depths, which I feel like I've been at, though there may be more, and maybe you're feeling that right now. If we go to the depths of anxiety or the depths of fear or the depths of loneliness, and all of them feel like depths, don't they? If we go to those depths, or maybe the depths of our very sin, God is also there with us. 
And if you think it's too dark, he's not here with me. You don't know how dark my darkness is. Well, the psalm is saying it's not dark for God because darkness is as light to God. God is light, the Bible tells us. And so your darkness is not too dark for him. I travel for work sometimes, and so I'm often in random parts of Australia, and I find myself um, after I've had dinner, it's like 7.30pm, and I'm just alone in a hotel room, and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? And I feel like those are very physically lonely times, because I don't have the choice. I can't say, hey, I'm going to go out with my friends tonight, I'm going to go see my family, because I'm like in Adelaide. And those are times when I feel quite lonely, but that's a cool opportunity for me, because it reminds me that God's presence is with me. And sometimes when I'm on a plane somewhere, I'll just be sitting there. I'm like, oh, thank you, God, that you are with me. Because no one else is, but you are. And I could rewrite this psalm. I could say, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle down in a hotel in Adelaide, even there your hand will guide me. God is with us. Now, I'd mentioned sin. And I don't know if you heard Stuart's sermon last week, but he was speaking about sin. And he was saying how sometimes there's stuff that we do and it makes us feel like that is the biggest thing. It robs our joy. And Stuart's had that experience, and I've had that experience with sin too. And I want to speak to the people who maybe think that, like, you know, you've done something so terrible that God can't love you. Um, I think that's shame, right? That's kind of what the evil one, one wants, to make us look at our actions and say, that's too bad, I'm going to run from God. Well, that's not what God wants. God wants us to run to him. There is nothing that we can do to separate us from Christ's love. In Romans 8, 35, 37, it says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are being killed every day. We are slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. I think that's good news. Nothing can separate us from God. Jesus came down to earth and he lived and he died and he rose again so that you could be with God. And if you want to be with God, his loving presence is always with you, even if you can't feel it. It also reminds me of Steph's sermon. Um, I got a shout out, so she gets a shout out. And she spoke about how we're called to sit like a weaned child in God's presence. We get to sit in God's presence without fear and without shame Because God is already with us and has chosen to be with us. Now, our last sermon series was Waveform and it was about spiritual practices. And I think sometimes this means that we need to have this spiritual practice of actually making ourselves a bit more aware of God's presence. I think that's a discipline, but it is so worth it because God is with us, but it's sometimes hard for us to be with him. And so for me, that looks like um, I'm working on it. I'm not great at it, but having a little bit more mental space, carving out some literal time in your life, often putting away the device and the noise that's very distracting and having quietness and stillness so that I can actually notice the presence of God that has always been there with me. If we know in our soul that we are known, 
If we know that we have a purpose and if we practice knowing God's loving presence, that will transform our lives. It has for me. It still is. And when I have those moments that are extremely isolating, where I feel lonely, when I feel afraid, I practice sitting with God, which is very hard, but I practice it and I feel his comforting presence eventually with me. It comforts me and it speaks truth to my soul. Now, I thought I was going to tell a story about me, but I'm not. Instead, I want to tell a story by Max Licardo, who's a much better writer than me. It's a story I loved as a kid. And it tells a story of a village of wooden people. And these wooden people, um, what they do all day, every day, is they give each other stickers. You get a gold star if you're pretty or funny or talented. And you get a grey dot if you're ugly or you fail, or you trip over. And that's what they do all day. And there's one of these um, wooden people, his name's Punchinello, and he gets covered in grey dots every day, just a grey dot, a grey dot. And he looks at himself and he's like, I must deserve this. I must deserve these grey dots. Until one day he sees this girl work pass, and I think her name's Lucia. I'm not Italian, but I think it's Lucia. And um, she doesn't have any dots on her. And people run up and they put a dot and it just falls off. And he goes up to her and he goes, well, why don't you have any dots? How'd you do that? And she goes, every day I go and I see the woodmaker Eli. And he's like, who's that? And she's like, the woodmaker who made us. He's up the hill. You should go. And he doesn't think he should, but he does. And he goes up and he's so nervous. And he's like, what will I even say to him? And he walks to the door. And before he can even say anything, the woodmaker turns around and he goes, Punchinello. And Punchinello's like, how do you know me? And the woodmaker's like, of course I know you. I made you. Come here. And so he walks over to his maker, Eli, and Eli says, it doesn't matter what the others think who give you stars and dots. All that matters is what I think. And I think you are very special because you're mine. That's why you matter to me. And then he says, I can see you've got a lot of stickers. Come see me every day and let me remind you how much I care about you. So Punchinello hesitantly agrees, and as he walks out the door, the first grey dot falls to the floor. That's one of my favourite stories, and I think it shows when we spend time with our Creator, when we spend time with Him, that's when we know in our very being that we are truly known. That's when we know that we are loved. That's when we are reminded that we have a purpose, no matter what's happening around us. And the more time we spend with him, the more we feel his presence. The end of Psalm 139 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Because when we spend time with God, the more time we spend with him, the more his Holy Spirit starts to change us from the inside out. The more it's easy to say, it doesn't matter what the world thinks. Because I just want to be with you, my maker. Would you pray with me? So please, God, let us sit with you honestly and open in your presence. Search us and know us. Know our anxious and sinful thoughts. Change us from the inside out through your love. Help us to know, God, that we are known, that we have a purpose, and help us to feel your presence. Let that knowledge change us. And would you lead us in the ways everlasting? Amen.